welcome back to the Martial Arts Mania Podcast. I'm AJ. And I am your host, Rockin' Rocks. <laughs> Sorry, I screwed that up. I'm going to do the Rock and Roll Ayatollah. Rock. <laughs> okay, well, maybe next time you can be cool, but uh, it was yeah. it was a valiant effort. It was a valiant thank effort. You. you know, I'm, 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 I'm walking in the shadow of coolness. Hey, man. Hey, man. I'm just, I try. I try. Uh, anyways, how are you good, sir? I'm, I'm, I'm living the dream. No, seriously, I'm doing, I'm doing great. How about you? I'm Hey, can't complain right now. Can't complain. And you know what? Life's good. And so I'd agree. I'm living the dream, man. Living the dream, living the first part of the dream, right? There's, there's like multiple dreams. So I'm, I'm just trying to reach that next level, but I am in the dream. Go ahead. I'm in the dream verse right now. Oh yeah. I like that. I'm super pumped for our episode today. Full disclosure. We didn't decide what we were doing till last night, like all week. We're like, hey, we're recording on Saturday, right? Yeah, 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 of course. Okay, good. Do you have some ideas? Yeah, I got some ideas. You have some ideas? Cool. Yeah, we'll discuss. Then finally yesterday, I was like, wait a minute. We haven't officially, we, we have all sorts of ones in the works right now. Like we're working on a, our version of an AMA, right? Like ask me anything. Uh, and, but then you threw out this idea that we're doing today and I loved it. I thought it's great. It's going to be a reoccurring type episode thing we do. So my hat's off to you or my headband as I have on right now because I desperately need a haircut, which I'm getting this afternoon. Uh, so super excited for what we're going to be talking about. But before then, let's discuss what's new, what's happening, anything, questions, what's going on. Well, I, I did see a trailer uh, for a non-martial arts movie, but I did see a kick in the movie. Well, then you are so fired. That's the end it. of this episode. Gavin <laughs> is watching non-martial arts films. He is, uh, at this point, unemployed. No, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. Uh, I saw the trailer for Pig. Oh, you know what's funny? So that's the new Nicolas Cage movie coming out. I haven't watched the trailer yet because... I'm very interested in seeing it. I'm very intrigued. But I was afraid mm-hmm. that a, a, a trailer might give me the wrong idea or uh, false expectations. So oh. what did you think? ton of false expectations are totally built in as of like 20, 20 minutes ago. So I was just reviewing some trailers of the movies we're going to discuss. And uh, this one popped up. So I watched it. And I'm like, man, this is good. Where is the streaming? And it's playing at an independent theater in Santa Monica, the Lamley or the Lamille. <laughs> I call it the Lamley. We've been I'm gonna there. go to yeah, I'm gonna go to it. Uh, but I'm, I'm looking forward to to seeing it. But I did see a kick, so I felt like we could talk about it. But yeah, sometimes you know it's interesting. Uh, this will lead to a question before we start our, our what we're gonna talk about. But I, I'd I'd like to check in with you first about um, how life's how, about how life is treating you. Oh, uh, good, good. Uh, I've been training a lot, man. So uh, the gym, I'm the kickboxing gym I train out of, uh, and unfortunately is taking about an extra 15 minutes now each way because of a bunch of construction through these mountain highways. But we've got a lot of young fighters in the gym, like, you know, 18, 19, that uh, are getting ready for an upcoming PKB tournament. So PKB is like kind of the up and coming thing in the States, point kickboxing. So it's like a really good kind of sanctioned way for, young martial arts fighters to get some experience before stepping into kind of like more real sanctioned, uh, full contact amateur bouts. Like when mm-hmm. I, for example, when I first started off, it was like the smoker scene, right? You fought smokers, which yeah. were very mixed, you know, sometimes you'd go in there and it'd be full on everything. Other times it's a little more mixed rules and it, there was no consistency because there was no governing body, right? These were technically like unsanctioned bouts. So now we have these things called PKB, which are kind of glorified sparring matches. So, uh, 
we uh, there's a bunch of these young guys getting ready for one of these. So uh, all the classes I've been going to are like, you know, getting the fighters ready. And uh, so just a, a lot of hard training, a lot of great training. I love it. But uh, uh, definitely, uh, definitely tires you out. Yeah, I bet it does. How, how, how much are you training a week right now? Well, for me, I'm still, you know, doing uh, my two days, like five days a week. And then I'm driving out there twice a week. I'd love to do three times a week, but it's just too far. So, uh, yeah, ideally, you know, it looks like I actually may have a uh, K1 match for October. Really? Nothing set that's, yet. They're that's looking, fun. Yeah, they're looking for an opponent. So if that's the case, like what would be the final six weeks of getting ready for that, like a fight camp, I would somehow have to find a way to do three days a week there, like maybe spend the night one night a week and then, you know, yeah. be able to go three times. But, uh, as of right now, I'm, I'm doing just twice a week. Uh, but it's been great. It's been, it's cool. It's cool. Like training with the young guys, you know, they're like 18, 19. Uh, a lot of them have already uh, done a couple of these tournaments. So it's just kind of fun moving around with these guys. And, uh, although the young guys may not have as much, have as much experience, they have a ton of energy. <laughs> so yeah. they're able to push me in other ways. And so it's great. I've, I've, uh, I've been loving it. Love getting back in the gym, love getting back into competition. So hopefully, uh, by the end of the year, I'll have a couple more fights under my belt. That's, that'd be great. Yeah. yeah. And, and what's looking for, what's looking on the calendar for Delaware? I know that's not grammatically nah, correct, not, but it, you understood. It, it's not going to happen. It's just, it's, it's too, uh, uh, there was a WKA tournament I was hoping to fight in, but really it's too short notice now. You know, getting the money together, getting this together, and uh, yeah, it just sucks, man. It's it's a lot of money. You know, well, here's the, the deal: the, pro pro kickboxers, especially kickboxers, Muay Thai fighters, make like jack crap. Pro MMA fighters, as we know, starting off make jack crap. So as an amateur, when you're like trying to fund everything yourself, uh, it's great to try to go fight in these big national, international, world tournaments by these legitimate organizations, which is like a dream of mine. Uh, and I've done a couple times now, but it's expensive. You know, you got to raise all the yeah. money yourself and uh, then you got to take time off from whatever you're doing for work and this and that. And it's just, uh, it's a, is it worth it? Yes. But at the same time, you know, especially as you get older, you're like, shoot, I got to, I got to be more responsible. I got to think about my future <laughs> and stuff like that. So, and for, for listeners, uh, like if you win the tournament, do you walk away with some, some, Award? Money? No, I mean, right? Uh, no, no, no. Uh, I mean, well, the award would be like a belt, you know, a championship belt. But I mean, yeah, but just, not a cash uh, prize. Yeah, That's I, like I'm just trying to. I'm yeah, just the, trying to paint the picture of like how like uh, dedicated you have to be. I mean, this is this is. Uh, it's like a full-time job, but yep. you're you're paying into the job. Exactly, and the thing to remember that's the difference between amateur and professional. Amateur doesn't get paid. Professional does get paid. Obviously, at the highest level, like the Olympics. Uh, depending on the countries and so forth, they do have like monetary prizes for if you medal and so forth. And I think even in the U.S. does. But mm -hmm. otherwise, for the most part, amateur means you don't get paid. Professional does means you do get paid, even if it is just a small amount. But otherwise, that's what I've been up to. Uh, things have been good here otherwise. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So that's that's pretty much all on uh, my front. That's good. Uh, so kind of leading into the, I, I, what I was talking about, like with Pig in the trailer and everything. Mm -hmm. So I do have a, qu a question. 
uh, as I was going over these films today, I saw I was rewatching some trailers just to remind myself where, where these films fall. And we can t- discuss the topic later. But is are there a couple of trailers that just really stand out to you that are like I'm, I catch the trailer and I either love the movie. It's crazy or uh, just just a phenomenal trailer. Like, what do you have? OK, so for people that may not know or may not remember or weren't even born yet, uh Especially like in the early 90s and stuff. So in my youth, you know, when I was a young kid, mid 90s and so forth, and we still had VHS tapes and they would you would straight up have like these compilation tapes. So, for example, one of the first ones I ever saw was a compilation tape of classic toy commercials from like the 50s and 60s. Loved it, right? It was this, I remember mm-hmm. watching it when I was like five or six years old. I was like, this is so cool. And seeing all the action figures and like the James Bond commercial and so forth. Mm-hmm. Well, they also had a similar thing with uh, martial arts film trailers. There's been a few of them over the years. But the most iconic one that I had was, uh, you, you can't even really call it a documentary. It starts off with like a 10 minute documentary on Bruce Lee, really shoddily put together with just, you know, like still images and so forth. But mm-hmm. it's called Bruce Lee and Kung Fu Mania. And this, it's like an hour and a half long. And it's aside as aside from that first 10 minutes specifically about Bruce, or maybe it's, you know, it starts off with something else. And then Bruce, I can't remember a hundred percent. It's about an hour and 20 minutes of just old school Kung Fu movie trailers. So there's a few on that tape that always stick out in my memory. One of them, we actually got to see when we went to yes. the previous double screening at the uh-huh. New Beverly. And that was for Bruce Lee fights back from the grave, which yes. is one of, if not the greatest, uh, old school seventies, martial arts movies, uh, movie trailers. I, mm-hmm. I hate to say Kung Fu movie trailers cause it is not a Kung Fu movie. It is technically a Taekwondo film, but we'll just call it a Kung Fu movie. It's one of the greatest because as far as Bruce Bloitation goes, when it came to advertising, marketing, the trailers, the uh, artwork, the box covers, etc., there was a lot of false advertising, obviously, or tricky advertising. Sometimes so much to the point where a few of the films would actually be sued by, say, the Bruce Lee estate or so forth. <laughs> uh for copyright infringement. And that's why a lot of these Bruce exploitation films, even when you watch them, when they do use like pictures of Bruce or this or that, they actually classic images that we've all seen, they'll change the color. Like his yellow and black game of death jumpsuit is suddenly blue. And you're like, huh? Uh, But this trailer, Bruce Lee fights back from the grave starts off with like a clip of, you know, his headstone, and then him jumping out of his grave. And the whole trailer is about Bruce Lee he comes back from the dead, but he made a deal with the black angel of death. And, it, you know, and him having to fight through L.A. and stuff. That was all made up. That, that has yeah. nothing to do with the plot. They even advertise it. They go as far as advertising <laughs> as Bruce Lee being the star. Not like these other films where they're like the next Bruce Lee, Dragon Lee, or Bruce Lai, his friend, his student, which is all untrue as well, uh, or the official successor. No, they straight up say it stars Bruce Lee when in actuality it stars Jun Chong, very famous mm-hmm. Taekwondo instructor who's had a school uh, in, I think, the Wilshire area of LA for like 40 something years now. Uh, He himself did more movies in the eighties and stuff like LA street fighters, which is one of my favorites, but (laughs) the actual plot of this movie, like we were discussing before, it's, it's the third man. Right. And 
but they they create this whole fake plot in the trailer. They claim it stars Bruce Lee, and it's just the most obnoxious uh, trailer in that sense. However, it is just so well put together in the music and the funkiness of it. And every time I've shown it to friends, they love it. They're like, oh, my God, I want to watch that movie. And the funny part is I sat down to watch it uh, two days ago, and it has some good fight scenes. I just wish there would be a remastered copy because it's yeah. it's not the best copy that is currently available. And I actually tried to search for it by its Korean title because I know when it was released in Korea, because it's technically a Korean film, obviously all that Bruce Lee stuff uh, from the trailer, this wasn't even in there. It's, it's a whole different, <laughs> you know, it sticks to the plot, etc. But that trailer and on that same VHS tape was the trailer for... Uh, uh, Bruce Lee, The Man, The Myth, which is maybe oh, yeah. my all-time favorite Bruce Bluetation film, a very loose biographical Bruce Lee film starring uh, Bruce Lee. In my opinion, the best from that era. Uh, and that trailer, I, I just love that trailer too. Once again, filled with a lot of falsehoods. Like as I was saying before, Bruce Lee, in real life, he was his friend, his student, <laughs> his partner in the martial arts, which none of that's true. Uh, Bruce Lee did not know Bruce Lee. Uh, a master of six different styles of Wing Chun. I'm like, wow, there's more than one style of Wing Chun, which technically there is. There's different branches. Yeah. A grand master of Taekwondo. It's like all these kind of, you know, uh, false, false information. But well, I, I think I, I think what's important for listeners to know at this point is this question was not pre. You you were not told this question ahead of time. No. And I love how you're pulling quotes from the from the trailers. That's how memorable these trailers are. Yep. Oh, most definitely. And then for me growing up, there was also the trailers for those movies that I can never find. And I would go back yes. and watch those tapes just to watch the trailers because we're talking the early days of even being able to order stuff on the Internet. And I'm like, what, 10? I can't order movies. with I have no credit card or anything. And so but for me, one of the greatest and I probably mentioned this before, but it was on a Tysang video. So Tysang uh, was the company that would release a bunch of the VHS, probably the greatest trailer ever was the Tysang edited trailer for Writing Wrongs, oh, aka okay. Above yeah. the Law. This mild-mannered legal eagle is going to have to go above the law. Yeah, just fantastic one. YouTube it. Yeah, that's that's funny because for me, I have three Tysang trailers that are just absolutely pure perfection. And of course, Writing Wrongs, Above the Law is right there is one of the greatest trailers you watch that and you want to get your hands on the movie all those trailers were so good so like, well crafted you know even legacy of rage that's another one yeah man. that trailer is phenomenal agreed it is just groundbreaking the way just the slow motion of like brandon lee standing up over the harbor of like hong kong mm-hmm. it's just fantastic and my personal favorite is is uh, Prodigal Son. You took the words right out of my mouth. I was about to say, Prodigal Son was a great one, too. Yeah, it, it, I mean, just just like the way that Tai Seng would impose slow motion on the trailers, mm. whether it was just through the strobe effect, but like when Yoon Biao is just coming around, you know, in, in his uh, funeral garb and just like coming around right before he fights uh, face off with Frankie Chan. I mean, forget about it. That, that trailer just hits you in the gut. And coincidentally enough, I'm not sure if you can see, but the T-shirt I'm wearing today. Wait, uh, I'm wearing Millionaire's a Samo, Express. Samo shirt. I mean, it is Millionaire's nice. Express. But I, I used to have, I think I had one, a Prodigal Son one. Yeah, that's how nerdy I am. But well, uh, go ahead. Oh, no, no, you go, you go. Oh, I was just going to say, so uh, well, we, we I, should... I, 
Yeah, we should. So I just have one more trailer. Sure. It, it, everybody should get their hands on this one. Is the undefeatable trailer. It is. It is. No other trailer can defeat it. It is ah. priceless. Ah, I like it. I like Thank it. You. So the, the last thing I want to do real quick, and I did not discuss this with you before, so you may not even have one off the top of your head. I think this might be fun because I... I love to listen to podcasts, but I listen to very few. <laughs> so I, I, I'm hoping maybe every week we can recommend a podcast we listen to during the week to throw out to people. So this week, uh, oh man, technically I, I have two. Uh, and one of them I still have like 10 minutes left on, but I'm going to go ahead and recommend two. First of all, our, our good friend Sifu Alex, the mm -hmm. Kung Fu genius, he Absolutely. did uh, an episode this week with Dr. Mark Phillips uh, from Fight Science. Uh, he has his own channel and stuff. And man, that episode was extremely informative and educational. Uh, definitely check that out if you have not already. It's great because uh, they break down the, the kind of the science. Like, so this, this individual's uh, channel is, uh, it's a combination of uh, criminal uh, science, uh, martial arts, self-defense, psychology, and they break down stuff. And it's just very informative. I highly enjoyed it. My second one I'm going to recommend, the one I still have like 10 minutes left, is uh, the Bruce Willow podcast. They interviewed Michael Worth. Oh, uh, excuse me, really? he, That's cool. I should say, he interviewed Michael <laughs> Worth. And it's a great episode so far. As I said, I have about like 10 minutes left. Extremely uh, informative because we get to hear Michael talk about a lot of stuff he hasn't in previous uh, uh, interviews and that's that's a show that's exclusively on YouTube but you also want to watch it because they bring in clips and so forth so my hat's off to uh, Bruce Willow Bruno in Portugal and our good friend Sifu Alex so you, you know what uh, I'm prepared to talk about one but those are two high quality uh, podcasts and I definitely have to uh, get um, Bruce Willow's because I, I haven't listened to that episode yet uh, the Adkins Undisputed uh, podcast. Ah. I really enjoy it. And what they do is they have it. They have, you know, they'll have episodes that focus on Scott Atkins films. They'll have episodes with Scott Atkins will come on and they'll discuss the greatest action stars ever. Like a they'll do list and they'll do one star at a time. Uh, but then they'll also do these adjacent episodes, which I really like. And they have an adjacent episode with the film we just discussed, uh, Paper Tigers. Uh, and that's a really good episode that I would recommend people listening to. And they also did, uh, one um, on the Ninja, one of the Ninja films. I think Ninja 2. So it's a lot of fun to listen to the Adkins Undisputed podcast. Excellent. Thank you for that recommendation for all of our listeners. Yeah, we're, uh, we're as I said, I love to listen to podcasts, but there's very few I do. I, it's, it's just interesting how I've tried to expand my horizons and listen to podcasts completely unrelated to martial arts or martial arts movies and stuff. And I guess I just... They just lose my interest. And there's nothing wrong with that because I watch all sorts of movies outside of the genre. I read about all sorts. But for some reason, when it comes to podcasts, I know what I like. Absolutely. I mean, it, it, you know, uh, I agree. Yeah. Okay. So let's get into what we are talking about today. This was your brilliant idea. I love it. So what we're going to be calling today is Martial Arts Comfort Films Volume 1. So we are going to give five of our favorite martial arts comfort films. And because this is the inaugural episode in which we will be doing this, I'm sure probably both of our top ones might actually be in there. But so we are gonna give like 
a top five, but mm-hmm. this is a list we'll come back to again and again because really there's so many. So rather than just do an exclusive like quote unquote listicle where these are our top five and then, you know, da da da, this is going to be a fluid uh list that changes over time right we're just gonna from time to time come back to this be like hey here are five of my favorite comfort movies so how do we define a martial arts comfort movie for me it can be i want to watch something with martial arts uh but i I just i know i have to be satisfied i I don't want to watch something new that might disappoint me i just want to put on something that's going to give me great action or sometimes it's like hey i just need background noise but i also want it to have maybe some stellar action where I could stop, watch the action, then keep going with what I'm doing. Sometimes maybe I'm just not in the best mood and I want to watch a movie that I know is going to entertain me and make me feel better. Sometimes it's nostalgia, right? Sometimes you just Mm -hmm. want that old school feeling of innocence and being uh, in middle school, renting for the first time so-and-so movie and just being absolutely blown away so for you how would you define like a martial arts comfort film? first off i love the idea that you brought up nostalgia it might might i could see us doing like a future episode volume two or three and it's just nostalgia because when i first started this list i I was going down the rabbit hole this is these are the movies i'd want to watch as a junior high school high school these were my comfort movies my go-to my rewatch time and time again how i define comfort is very similar to you um However, with a lot of the top action martial art films, like say from like for example, A Prodigal Son, I get too pulled into it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So a, com- a comfort movie, I can't get too pulled into it. So I mean, we always talk about all oh, this film's great because it has emotional content. You know, I don't necessarily need full on emotional content. I might need some some uh, lightness to it. Some, uh, this film is not on my list, but some Mr. Nice Guy to it, where it's mm-hmm. always going, I can turn and I can get engaged with it, but I can continue my project uh, on the side. And there are, there is like, I would consider one classic film on my list and no disrespect to that classic film, but when we discuss it, I'll, you'll see that it's, oh yeah, it's just pure action the whole way through. And it's a movie that you can disengage and re-engage with at any point in time and have total fun with it. Right. And I, I kind of agree. That's, that's my similar take on it, uh, that you have 100% respect for the film and you could easily sit down and watch it all the way through. But typically it's sometimes you something you just put on for the comfort level, right? Like, you know, that, that background noise that also has a visual mm-hmm. element to it. So therefore we can sit and watch the action. Sometimes it's just for me to get my creative juices flowing, right? Like whether I'm thinking about a project or this or that or writing. And I'm like, you know what? So sometimes I put on the movie, I start it and it gets me inspired. And then I go away and I start working on something. So that can be another thing. And any of these movies I could also probably put on if like, let's say if somebody hadn't seen it before and they're like, hey, I want to watch that. Cool. I'll sit down and watch it all the way through with you. Yeah, uh, yeah. So it really just depends on the situation, the scenario, and so forth. But let's get into this list. Okay. So let's, let's start with uh, your number five. My number five for this week. Uh, obviously, some of these films we've already we've already talked about before, but it's actually Kickboxer Three. Nice. Yeah. For me, on this list, this first inaugural one, I was actually trying to uh, just me personally avoid certain ones we've already talked about. But yeah. <laughs> there is definitely one that I know I've discussed a lot. But Kickboxer Three: The Art of War. Yeah. And we've you know we've discussed it, but not that much. And I think what I like about uh, what I like about this film is. 
it's fully engaging throughout. Uh, Sasha Mitchell has, has great charisma and his martial arts is at, at a peak in this film. You could argue that at part, in part four, he had some harder hits in it. But for me, it's just it's something I can I can work on a project. And then I know, oh, the scenes coming up where the two guys who mug the kid with, or for their, they have the camera. He's I'm going to just basically turn over and just watch the scene because it's good. And I turn back, keep doing my work. Oh, some more, some more whip kicks are, kicks are coming up. I'm going to turn back and watch this scene. And it's, it's, it doesn't get, doesn't drag. The fight scenes don't drag in, in the way that like they do in other films where you're not going to turn away from what you're doing and you can turn it, you know, other films you might turn off this one. You can watch the whole way through. Agreed. Agreed. And the thing I, I also like about films from this era, and for example, my number five is going to be the opposite of this. The fact that it has a coherent plot and structure, right? So, <laughs> okay. you know, it's, it, it, it's far fetched, of course, but you know, it's, it's a straight action film, you know, it's got its three act structure. It's it, the, it's got consistency, right? And it just carries you through. It's nothing special, but it gets the job done. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, for example, my number five is the polar opposite of that. Okay, I'm looking forward to this. Yeah. There's no cohesion. What, what are we talking oh, about? Oh, there's here? cohesion, but there is also uh, lots of plot holes, lots of, wait a minute, had they read the full script yet while they were filming? Uh, you know, <laughs> it's like, I wonder what changes were made or, you know, for example, maybe when actors were, all right, this is your motivation, blah, blah, and later. Okay, actually, I just read the next part of the script and I was totally wrong, but we already filmed that, so now we have to do this. But uh, do you have any final thoughts on Kickboxer 3? I think Kickboxer 3 is a lot of fun. I, I, mean, I agree. I, I'm just, yeah. Cool. Right on. So <laughs> my number five is the 1991 classic Breathing Fire. Oh, very nice. Yeah. And this is one of those ones that I, I don't know why, but consistently ever since I first got it on uh, DVD. So this is one I was never able to find on VHS, found it on DVD at the Flying J truck stop in one of those big barrels. Because uh, even from the earliest days of DVDs, they had the bargain bin. And so found it there, started watching it. Always, I loved having bringing it over to a friend's house. We've got to watch this movie. Everyone loved it just because of kind of, it's, I, I hate to use the, the phrasing, it's so bad it's good because a lot of times that implies that there is absolutely nothing technically good about it or anything and that would be uh, a, a misnomer in this case or a falsehood because the fight scenes in Breathing Fire are incredible and for those that don't know Breathing Fire is a 1991 kind of straight to video martial arts film that definitely has that Hong Kong co-production feel the fight mm -hmm. scenes are definitely Hong Kong style, not American style at that time. Uh, it was the first starring role for Jerry Trimble, world kickboxing champion. He, I believe he was filming simultaneously this one and The Master, the Jet Li film. Mm -hmm. So tied for his first film. So it uh, stars Jerry Trimble. It stars uh, Jonathan Ki Chuan from uh, The Goonies and mm -hmm. Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. It co-stars Bolo Young. Uh, as well as a few other individuals. And it was produced by Flashlegs Tan, uh, Tan Tao Liang, one of the most famous boot masters of Kung Fu cinema, who at the time had his Taekwondo studio in Monterey Park, I believe, and was actually, I, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, he was the full-time instructor for Jonathan Kichuan in Taekwondo. I believe Philip Tan was his first instructor on the set of Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. 
but either which way, the, the plot is all over the place. It's loosely uh, a copy of a previous Flashlegs Tan movie. Uh, I'm trying to think which one it was. Uh, Shaolin Deadly Kicks. So, okay. uh, <laughs> and we're a group of robbers. They all share a part of the map pretty much to where they're uh, loot that they stole is buried. In this case, they all have a piece of a fake pizza that when comes together makes the key to open up the safe, something along those lines, either which way. Plot holes galore. <laughs> yeah. uh, acting is... Uh, well, here's the funny part. Like, some of the actors in it are great. Like, Jonathan Kichuan is fantastic. He's, fantastic. he's a great yeah, he's actor, great. right? Uh, and, but then some of the other co-stars, maybe not so much. Uh, but I love... The nostalgia feel of it. They are mm -hmm. just the aesthetic of everything from the architecture of the homes to especially the costumes and the clothes that uh, especially the, the teenagers are wearing. I'm like, oh, I used to wear that. It's like Billabong and all that stuff. It very much reminds me of growing up in the early 90s uh, in California. And so I love all that. And obviously the fight scenes are stellar. Very yeah. good. Uh, a, a step above most of the American productions at that time. Uh, very fast paced, very Hong Kong style. Uh, and so that it's a real treat. And for a lot of the individuals involved, you may think, wow, I wish they would have done more. But it's just kind of a very special nostalgia piece from that era. I could put on any time, watch the fight scenes and be like, yeah, these are great. And then walk away and do other things. It's like, I know yeah. the movie so well. Okay, here comes this fight scene. And yes, some stuff. Uh, is outdated, doesn't stand the test of time, or may even be slightly inappropriate. They have a whole sequence <laughs> with little people. Uh, it's a martial arts sequence with little people. But the little people uh, actually kick a lot of butt. So there you go. You know, you know, if you were to ask me, like, if we were to ever do a top 10 B movie list, uh -huh. hands down, this movie's on there. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Hands be down. And It'd as I said... There, there's a there there's there's a lot of lower budget quality stuff to it, but I refuse to say it's a movie that's so bad it's good because for me yeah. that that implies there's nothing good about it. No, this film has incredible fight sequences. It has a lot of creativity. It has some great performances, uh, and right it, out the gate as like the first movie for Jerry Trimble to do. Yes, he was a world champion kickboxer, but it just goes to show what a great martial artist he was because he steps in and in the fight scenes is just phenomenal. Like you would and remember not all fighters transition to the screen very well. Yeah. Well, you know, what's funny is I would put, I put this film right on par with honor and glory and, yes. uh, undefeatable. Agreed. A hundred percent agreed right there. I mean, and if, if, if one of our listeners only knows one of those three movies, go watch the other two, but I, I understand like that's, that's where this movie fits right in. And the, in the filmography of, of truly great go for broke. We're not letting a budget hold us back. We're going to put together a 90 minute action film one way or the other. And you're going to enjoy it because we're enjoying making it. And that's so funny that you said honor and glory, because that totally should have been on this first list and it didn't pop yeah, in my yeah. head. It'll be on a future list. I promise. But anyways, that's all I have to say about my number five breathing fire. Let's get, to your number four. So, so with regards to honor and glory and undefeatable, they're not on this list. I made a, a consorted effort not to make them, put them on this list, nice. list because originally also this list was almost like a Cynthia Rothrock list <laughs> because I also had another film on there that I'm still vacillating. I've bolded it, but I don't have it on the list. 
because I talk about it all the time, right? I just don't want to like be that easy when it comes to trying to get Jeff Wincott on the show. Uh-huh. So number four is Showdown. Showdown. Nice. Good choice. Good choice. Definitely one I watched a lot on a taped from TV VHS copy I had. <laughs> yes. I mean, it, it's absolutely rewatchable. The film is the film itself. It's like we've discussed this before. It's Karate Kid with better martial arts. Mm-hmm. And you've got Patrick Kilpatrick. I mean, I don't even understand, like, okay, so we understand how Cobra Kai taught their students, but I mean, I don't know how Patrick Pil- Kilpatrick, he just picks on the students and beats them up, and then he demands the other students to tell them who won. Who won? <laughs> we won. I want to say something real quick about Patrick Kilpatrick. So anybody that's lived in LA for a long enough period of time, you're going to run into celebrities, right? For me, as I've always joked, the few times I ran into like A-list celebrities, didn't really care. I run into like B and C movie, like straight <laughs> yes. to video stars from the 90s, and I just flip out and I'm like, I, f- I fanboy out, unfortunately. And yes. it's very, you know, I'm very sincere, right? And so when I was working at Gold's Gym Hollywood, uh, Patrick Kilpatrick used to work out there, and I see him walk in and I'm like, oh my God. And so I, I go straight up to him. I couldn't help it. I was like, oh, Mr. Kilpatrick, I'm a huge fan of your work. I grew up watching your movies, but he was very nice. He's like, oh, thanks, thanks. You know, we, we didn't have much of an interaction, but, you know, he was very nice to me and you know wasn't uh, a jerk or anything so uh for playing such a good villain like he always did he was a nice individual in person that's it well we basically between you and i have we've run into the the two leads because that's I ran right into billy blanks and like he opened the window and of course the i i fanboy on him and i'm like you were great in showdown yes <laughs> as as past listeners will know but yeah the the film is the film is good and on top of that, and you know, one thing I didn't mention about Kickboxer 3, like in Showdown, there are also these nuggets of knowledge that the master gives to the student. Uh, and I just really, you know, sometimes when you're, you mentioned one of the, uh, one of the qualifications for a comfort movie is maybe you're having a bad day. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, maybe you get a nugget of uh, knowledge from, from Billy Blanks or from... Uh, I'm sorry, I'm blanking on the actor's name uh, who plays the the master through the first three kickboxers. Oh, uh, Dennis. Uh, Sion? You mean Dennis uh, Chan? Yeah, Dennis Chen. Yeah. So, he had, like, you know, the scene where Sasha Sasha Mitchell's, like, you know, digging the hole, and he's like, remember, you know, your body is here, but your mind can be somewhere else. Exactly. Great sequence. So, yeah, I mean, so great martial arts particularly there's that one middle sequence where they're trying to for some reason kill billy blanks and he's like going through the musical theater prop sets at at the high school and he's like breaking i mean that's just a really fun sequence in showdown that is not it's a kind of a major hidden gem within that movie the fight with james lou right yes absolutely awesome uh james lou big fan come on the show uh okay any final (laughs) thoughts no, I'm ready for your number four. My number four. We've actually watched this one together. You had never seen it. And so uh, I have a DVD that I bought at Dragon Fest 2001, my very first one, because as a joke, I had $10 left in my budget of, you know, <laughs> birthday money that I'd saved over the years. And uh, I know I believe I had $20 left. And so it was either one DVD or two. So I ended up getting two because this one was only $10. And that uh, is the 1991 Hong Kong action film, Crystal Hunt. Oh, starring very nice. And this cast is pretty stellar. So uh, Donnie Yen, Sybil mm-hmm. Hu, Carrie yes. Ng, Ken Lo, John Salvini, Michael Woods, uh, 
and many other individuals that you'd probably recognize. It is an interesting, uh, probably co-production in a sense, because it's it's like shot, it's based in, they, they never clearly state that they're going from Hong Kong to Thailand and so forth, but it's filmed like little bits at the beginning are shot in Hong Kong, but it's primarily shot in Thailand. Uh, obviously in our dub, they mentioned something about the border with China and this and that. Uh, so there's uh, a large Thai crew as well. But this film, it's part of this era where Donnie has talked about in the past where, oh yeah, you know, I, I made a few films I'm not exactly proud of in the early 90s and so forth. And this being one of them, like, because even major stars at that time, you know, you got to pay the bills, right? And the big productions, yeah. it's not Hollywood. It's not like they're being made all the time. So they would do a lot of these smaller films just to like pay the bills, right? Like, okay, cool. It's like consistent work. But the thing about this movie, and interestingly enough, I just... For the first time ever, I was like, wait a minute, who directed this? And I looked it up and it's uh, Xu Xia or uh, sorry, my Cantonese is terrible. So if I uh, Xu, Xu Xia, I, I honestly can't uh, say uh, the Cantonese name, but this, the stick master from Drunken Master. Oh, yeah. Who's a well-known uh, Kung yeah. Fu director, uh, choreographer. Yes. He was also in Writing Wrongs, right? So he actually yeah. directed this movie. And I'm like, oh, that that also answers a lot of questions. But pretty much, once again, <laughs> for this era, especially if you're watching a dubbed version. And I believe actually there's a, uh, the Wu-Tang Collection on YouTube. That channel actually put up a Chinese version of it, which I need to watch. Uh, but... Uh, it's a plot pretty much crystal hunt. They're trying to find this magical crystal that can cure everything, blah, blah, blah. A bunch of different people looking for it. Pretty much it's a, just a setup for a bunch of stellar action sequences. Some actually some pretty decent shoot 'em ups, uh, as well as just phenomenal fight sequences. And that's why I can put this movie on anytime. First of all, it's nostalgia, just because I specifically remember where I bought it, my first time watching it, so forth, so forth. But all the action sequences are just so good. Even the non-action uh, actors perform yeah. phenomenally and that probably has to do with well just that era we know just it was almost just a given that if you were working in hong kong in that time even if you were a comedian or something it's like you're going to end up doing a fight scene at one point or another and the the fight scenes in this are fantastic the one-on-ones the group fight scenes uh the finale is just great uh you know, Donnie Yen fights uh, both John Salvini and Michael Woods, who are real-life students of his mother, the very famous Bosun Mark, uh, the Tai Chi and like Wushu uh, instructor. And even like someone like Sybil Hu from uh, the Lucky Star series, she does some great fight sequences. Ken Lo actually has a whole uh, yeah. solo fight scene he gets to do. It really makes no sense to the plot, <laughs> but... Just, just so many amazing fight scenes. So this is the kind of, especially if I've been disappointed by stuff I've been watching recently, fight scene wise, this is the kind of one I'm like, all right, I just need some old school Hong Kong action uh, done at the best, you know, without taking itself too seriously. Uh, and sometimes, for example, I like to put on a movie like this because I know I can watch it over and over and over mm -hmm. again. Like if I pick like a true, true classic, like let's say police story, I don't yeah. want to dilute it in the sense of, oh, I've seen it too many times, right? I saved those kind of ones for special occasions. So this is the kind of one where it's like if I just need a fix of top of the line Hong Kong action from the golden era of like contemporary what we love to call the Hong Kong kickboxing choreography. This is where mm -hmm. I go. That being said, though, there's also some uh, sequences of more traditional Kung Fu choreography, especially the first fight between Donnie and John Salviti, which is kind of fun to watch. You get to see them do almost more like traditional wushu type weaponry and stuff. 
That, that's a, I really appreciate that that review and also the fact that you don't want to dilute like some of the classics. Like I, I will purposely hold off on some films that would easily be comfort films, but you just don't want to dilute them. You want to wait for that potential special screening that they're going to be on the big screen. But as far as like Crystal Hunt, like the the first and only time I've seen the film is when when I went over to your spot and we we watched it. I mean, it's 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 a throwing the, they're throwing in the kitchen sink in this movie. And they're they're it's uh, it's as if uh, it's as if the director, the stunt choreographers, the stunt men, and the choreographer and the entire cast are like, hey, there's a chance we might not never make a movie again, so let's just throw everything yeah. into the movie. Hey, he's scriptwriter, just tie these two scenes together somehow. I think it may have been more like this. They're like, hey. No one's ever actually going to watch this movie. So let's just try some new stuff and let's try to make the action as crazy and cool as possible. And we're going to make it the best we can, but we can also experiment a little bit. Or, uh, you know, we're not going to focus on this so much. Uh, no one's going to remember this movie. Because at that time, like, well, I guess no, VHS had been out at that point, obviously. But, uh, yeah, I think you, you kind of hit a, a good point there. But uh, otherwise, that's all I've got to say about that movie. Uh, are you ready for your next one? I, I am ready for my next one. And I, for me, the next one is the best j- version of the substitute films or anything along those lines. Okay, which one? Uh, only the Strong. Oh, God. I thought you were going to yeah, go the, with one of the substitute ones. I know. You thought I was going to do substitute two. I, you know but what's no. funny? You know which one popped in my head, actually, was substitute three. three. I don't know why. But is three, that the one with uh, Wong? No, uh, that's number two. That's the one with B.D. Wong. B.D. Wong. Is number two. Number three yeah. is the one where it's like the Italian mafia. The number four is yeah, the yeah. one where it's like the, the KKK military school <laughs> yes, or whatever. Of course. With Patrick Kilpatrick. With Patrick one. Kilpatrick. There we go. Okay, so. Uh, so only, yeah, only the strong. I, I think it, it really, it really delivers on um, that whole, the, the, like that whole kind of like subgenre that was that sort of existed. You can even see that in Showdown and Karate Kid a little bit too, but also the substitute where there's somebody, there's like a fish out of water landing in 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 uh, this universe, this like controlled universe of this of a school. So you already have like this script that kind of forces people to be together. Uh, they're an outsider, but it's going to get cut. It's basically Hoosiers, but it's uh, Capoeira. <laughs> I love it. Yes, Hoosiers meets the substitute with Capoeira and Mark Dacascos delivering uh, a really genuine, lighthearted, strong performance with crisp martial arts. And it's, I would put it at the caliber of, from a martial arts perspective, uh, with uh, Steven Seagal's Above the Law, like introducing a new martial arts to a new audience. You're right, because it really was. I mean, we had seen Capoeira in other films before, because even Mm -hmm. Lionheart, the antagonist of this film, Mm -hmm. uh, I forget the actor's name, but he was in the pool fight scene and was utilizing some Capoeira. It's been used before. But this was the first film that and really kind of, as far as I'm concerned, of major like fictional martial arts films and non-documentary it's really the the main capoeira based movie i know they've done more since then but uh it's definitely a great showcase for it and it's just it's overall uh a fantastic movie the fight scenes are very unique because they utilize capoeira and yes i know some people like to criticize mark 
to Costco. It's like, oh, his cupware is just so-so. It's pretty damn good in my opinion. And <laughs> yeah. uh, he's a phenomenal martial artist and obviously has that background in wushu, which makes him able to adjust to really anything. But I think his capoeira is stellar and he knows how to sell it on the screen as well. Yeah, and the other thing is uh, his performance in this film. Mm-hmm. Like from the get-go, Mark Dacascos was a fantastic actor, still is, still is a great performer. He's, and that's why we, you know, love seeing him in John Wick 3. But it, it, it's just, you could have easily had a lead actor who did not have the acting chops he did. Because some of those scenes are actually, you know, pretty intense. Like, spoiler yeah. alert, one of the students dies. And then, mm-hmm. you know, there's the whole sequence with... Uh, with the student who's the cousin of the bad guy that he teaches. Mm-hmm. And it's like, is that really what you want? And he's like, it doesn't matter what I want. That's just the way it is. And you're like, man, that's, it's, it's, it gets you, man, every time. <laughs> because it, he's really making a difference in these kids' lives, right? Yeah, in the 90s, there was a, like, I don't, I don't even know if it was a subgenre. It was almost like a, a major genre of films of kids in conflict with their with with what their family desires and what they desire and what path to take or what what's pulling them away i mean they're obviously they're all the principal movies all the substitute movies mm-hmm. all but i mean there's also like some great uh cinema about with when kids start to go to college it's, it's this whole subgenre that that take that take uh that take adolescence seriously mm-hmm. and then you throw in this really special performance and great martial arts. And you know what? It's a special performance and it's a great movie, but you can turn away from it and you can do what you need to do and you can turn back and there's Mark Dacascos doing Dacascos doing his work on screen and you can really appreciate it and enjoy it. You get a little comfort. You, you, you see a, a good resolution and at the same time, you're not getting... Drag down too deep into like some hard emotions that you know maybe a, a movie might have. I like that. Like, and the when funny, teenagers are being killed, yes, yeah. <laughs> by drug dealers. Uh, the the funny part is too. This is one of those sleeper ones where I'm surprised how often people have seen it that are like non fans of the genre. Not fans of the genre. I expect you to have seen it, but just kind of random individuals because anytime it comes up and it's somebody I'm not expecting to have seen it, it's always the same thing. Oh yeah. Paranawi, Paranawi, Parana. It's like everyone remembers <laughs> the music as well. But I think that's an excellent choice. Any uh, final thoughts? Well, you know, it's also funny as I as I as I look back on on my list. I'm seeing that there is a slight Brazilian theme and maybe there mm-hmm. is there is a reason why like you know even when you go like I go watch like soccer highlights I love to watch Brazilian soccer highlights because there is something that is uplifting and that that kind of fills within the the comfort zone. I don't know if I answered your your question completely. You did get the the audio got a little funky there for a second. Oh, but I was, I was just saying final books. thoughts. What? I was your final thoughts. Oh, the, you got them. Uh, yeah, there we go. Okay. So what now now we're at your number three. We are at my number three. And this has gone back and forth because the reason why this one doesn't go up higher, uh, because it's been a comfort filled film of mine for like 20 years, is simply because I have a tendency to only turn it on for like 10 to 15 minutes at a time and then turn it off. I don't let it consistently play all the way through. And that one is, and I also decided on this list because I love martial arts documentaries. I was only going to have one per every time we do this. Can you hear me? 
you're a little metallic again. Okay, but you can hear me. Oh, there. Oh, no, now I can hear you. Okay. Perfect. Okay. Yeah. So this is going to be my one documentary on my list today. I like it. And that is the 1978 Jap- Japanese martial arts documentary released here in 81, I believe. Budo, The Art of Killing. Uh, directed nice. by Masayoshi Namoto, also written by him. And pretty much it's a highly stylized almost kind of has that leftover experimental film feel uh, documentary on traditional Japanese martial arts. So to give you an idea of how it starts off and how it's highly stylized and they do kind of reenactments, the beginning of this film is someone committing seppuku. It's a a reenactment, obviously, of someone committing seppuku, but uh, it's not real. However, it has a bunch of highly stylized sequences thrown in there. And just the way they film it, uh, the narration by uh, an individual named Harry J. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Uh, it's Q-U-I-N-I. Uh, Trini? Queenie? I'm not sure. Uh, his narration is on point. And it's just this classic documentary that's so well put together. It's so artistic. It's so beautifully shot. And it's the martial arts sequences that I love to go back to particularly the karate sequences uh, mm-hmm. where they're demonstrating karate, even the Kobudo, like the weaponry stuff, which I'm not as into. I love Oh, the sequence on the Naganaki, uh, the Naganati. Oh, I always say that wrong. The, the long yeah. spear with the, the knife, the, the one that's the traditional weapon of like the, the women. Naganata, uh, uh, Naganata do. Naganata do. Yeah. Uh, and then my favorite though, is the whole judo sequence. Oh, that's fantastic. It's, it's beautifully shot. And you see these guys. And actually, the the judo like expert that they have in there is uh, Isao Okano, who is an Olympic gold medalist, like I think in the first 65 Olympics. Uh, oh, and the sumo sequence is fantastic. And the sumo sequence uh, features uh, Takamiyama, if I'm mm-hmm. saying his name right, the, mm-hmm. the first non-Japanese sumo uh, uh, champ, I believe, from Hawaii. Uh, but th- this whole, but I have a tendency to turn it on. I'm like, I just want to watch some beautiful martial arts sequences and then I'll just turn it off. Uh, and, or for, for example, it's like the whole Aikido sequence. I, I watch it and once again, beautifully shot and stuff. And I kind of like the whole, uh, uh, analogy to it being like the falling leaf and, you know, they mm-hmm. insert, uh, the clips and so forth. But at the same time, some of that, those Aikido sequences, I'm like, oh man, this does not look real. Uh, you know, it looks, I, I mean, it's, it's very much his students are going with it, right? Whereas you watch the judo and you're like, okay, that throw was for real. But yeah, it's just, it's such an uh, artistic film, right? As opposed to just your straightforward documentary or even like, you know, obviously one of the most popular subgenres on Netflix are true crimes, right? So it's yeah. not so much like, this is karate, this is the history, this is a, in fact, it doesn't really even have as much history Uh, It does at some points, but it's more just a display for you to watch uh, these experts at the highest level of their art display their skills. It's like an esoteric documentary. Thank you. It's like you've gone to to a a monk high in the hills and you've asked him to describe the history. And he won't tell you the history. He'll just, you know, show you some illustrations. Right. And through that illustration, you emerge the other side of probably 80 some minutes uh um, the documentary itself is let's see i have it right here 90 90 so you merge on the other side of the 90 minutes with with greater knowledge and an expanded worldview 
Also, of, great musical score throughout. Yes, uh, yes. Including some of the more upbeat, like they use the music to transition between the martial arts uh, with some great kind of actually rock music and stuff too. Some much more subtle music. And sometimes some of the sequences are just, they're so still yet active. You know, which, uh, especially some of the karate sequences where they're practicing outdoors. And it's like, and yes, this is probably very scripted, but it has one of the karate masters literally kicking and chopping a steel train. Yeah. Just yes. because he can. Right. And of then course. at the end, they have another karate sequence with one of the masters uh, in the snow outdoors. And it's just, it's yeah. all so beautifully shot. I can turn it on all the time. I actually, I, I'm not sure if it's available on Prime right now. It comes and goes, but I bought it on Prime just so I'd always have it. Uh-huh. So I have uh, uh, a copy of it. I recommend everyone go out there and watch it. I believe it actually is available on Prime right now, but if not, rent it or buy it. Uh, and the sumo wrestler you reference is, was uh, affectionately known as Jesse. So once they retire from sumo, uh, sumo wrestlers are supposed to uh, allow their names to be retired. So he was, his, his real name is Jesse James Wailani Kahu. Kuhalua. Kuhalua. We're probably butchering that. We apologize. Uh, Oh, he's still alive. Yeah, Yeah, he is. But Jesse was a cultural icon. He did win like uh, one of the one of the tournaments. His highest ranking was uh, Sekiwake, which is like third from the top. Um, But yeah, he he broke so many grounds and he was just so absolutely beloved. In the sumo sequence is one of the most brutal. Because when I tell people about how good a shape sumo wrestlers have to be and they're like, what are you talking about? I've actually pulled up that sequence and showed them like when they're forcing the one guy in the splits. So they're on the splits and one guy can't make it. And they walk over and they start yelling at him in Japanese. You know, I don't know what they're saying. You could probably tell me better. But then they literally just force him they shove him down it's like you almost hear the tendons ripping and he just screams yeah. in pain like bloody murder ah! and you're like well uh, i'm gonna send you the the training sequence if i can ever find it again uh of chiono fuji he's passed away but he was my like he was he was my guy that was that that was he was he was awesome and uh, but his training sequence as as the top guy he just had to keep taking on all the people in his stable and like they're all exhausted but it's like an all day training sequence for it's it sounds like what you're doing with the young kids up in uh, mm-hmm. um, up up at your dojo where, but he just takes them on and gets them out of the rink takes the next one on and they're just all exhausted and he's exhausted but I'll send that to you it, it's a it's a phenomenal sport and I'm, art I wonder if when I'm done with kickboxing in a couple of years do you think I could try sumo I'll try it with you. Dude, that'd be well, dope. Well, I mean, but I'm, ta- I'm talking serious. I'd love to actually try it. I'd have to train, change my training completely. I'd have to probably yeah. dirty bulk and put on a, sh- a crap ton of weight. But So there, there are a lot of... So as someone who wanted to be a sumo wrestler, there are a lot of restrictions. Some of those restrictions may not be lifted, but there is an inter- international sumo tournament that you could participate in. Mm-hmm. But... Not in the traditional sumo tournament, but they may have lifted some of those restrictions, but it, it used to be you had to have so many years within a Japanese school mm. or within the training. And I mean, it was just very traditional. It's, it's steeped in a ton of tradition. And I like I, that. I like yeah. that, though. Okay, so now you're number two. My number two. This is hard because I'm leaving off my most watched film. Um, and I'm going to go with Forced Vengeance. Forced Chuck Norris. Vengeance with Chuck Norris. Wow. Maybe one of the best opening sequences of Absolutely. any uh, American martial arts film. 
uh, it's it's kind of on par with like the classic Shaw Brothers ones where you always had a display right at the beginning, kind of. Yeah. You know, in a lot of the Shaw Brothers ones, it was almost like a preview of what you were going to be getting throughout the film yeah. due to audience familiarity with certain martial arts styles. So like in okay. the Shaw Brothers ones, you saw them doing drunken boxing in the beginning. It's like, all right, cool. That's drunken boxing. Our movie's going to feature drunken boxing or animal or so forth. But this sequence uh, at the beginning of that one is just iconic. Yeah, it's it's beautifully shot in front of the, the red uh, neon lights. Uh, of Hong Kong on stairs. I mean, it's 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 a great way for, hey, like basically letting the American audience know who may not have seen a karate or kung fu film before, this is what you're about to see. Mm-hmm. And it just is a great display of some wonderful karate. Uh, I think the film itself is something that I uh, that really speaks to me because I loved Hong Kong pre ninety seven Hong Kong. I sh- I guess I don't, I'm not trying to. I visited pre-97 Hong right. Kong. I don't know what it's like now. I'm not trying to, you know, say anything controversial. But as it, when we lived in Japan, I think every year you had to leave the country for 24 hours to renew your visa. Mm-hmm. So a lot of our friends would like, you know, maybe go back home to the States or go to Korea or just take a cruise out and come back in. We would go to Hong Kong for a few days. For people um, that have not lived overseas, especially Asia, this is what we call a visa run. Yes. So you do your visa runs. Mm -hmm. And so we would go to Hong Kong and I just fell in love with the city. It's like it's it's the time when I didn't have to do homework and just got to run around and have fun. And so when I watch this film, I see like, oh, this 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 kind of life could have existed. You know, just like, Mm -hmm. you know, as a kid, you looked up to like as an adult, I still look up to Chuck Norris. But like as a kid, you looked up to Chuck Norris and just kind of seeing him go through. Uh, Hong Kong, and there's some great fight sequences, great score, mm-hmm. uh, great cameo. Mm. Uh, you know, by, a, do you by like a favorite f- of ours. Yes. Do you like to fly? <laughs> but I mean, he was just fantastic. I mean, he runs into the pot of plants. I mean, it's just it's a lot of fun. It, I think it's a PG-13 or R film. Uh, I think there's some adult sequences in there, but uh, you know, it's a great. It's it's one of his best films, and I was thinking I had to get a Chuck Norris film on here because there are there are some like great nostalgia and comfort aspects to his film. But uh, this is the one that just stood out, and it's probably because of the opening sequence, and it just I don't know. He's on full display. Agreed. I love it. Uh, it's it's so funny. I, I haven't been on top of my actual physical netflix dvd rentals i've been holding on to the last two for like a month <laughs> but that's one of the next movies on my queue because uh-huh. i've been wanting to rewatch it because uh, it's just been a long time so thank you for that inspiration and i think that's a fantastic choice oh thank you very much all right any final thoughts uh, on that no i mean it, it's you know i i really wanted to try and uh, keep the top of these of this list uh at a real high quality of comfort Nice. I like it. I like it. All right. So my number two uh, and number two, number one, I had to be honest. I had to be honest with because, as I said, this first list, I'm probably I'm giving what are like my top ones. Uh, Not necessarily, but really, these top two are definitely the top two of my martial arts comfort films, pretty much no matter what point in my life I'm in. And they could easily be interchangeable. But for number two, Mm -hmm. I'm going with uh, no retreat, no surrender. Of course. And so yes, you, there is some you, bias. You, you there, didn't you didn't compromise like I compromised yeah. my list, but that's I appreciate that you didn't. That's so, perfect. I mean, and one of the reasons why also 
it definitely makes it now is because of the awesome Blu-ray remastered version that came out a couple years ago that I have. Mm -hmm. So it makes it so I can watch either version, the international version or the U.S. version. And Mm -hmm. yes, the international version, you get two extra scenes that supposedly explain a little bit more about the plot. Once again, this is a plot involving the ghost of Bruce Lee coming back from the dead to teach a kid Mm -hmm. martial arts. So I'm not too concerned with an extra scene or two. But I prefer the American version because of the music. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. the musical score is different. So it's funny, lyrically, the like training sequence song, uh, 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 it shares a lot of the same lyrics, but the European version is uh, like, uh, hold on to that vision in your eyes. <laughs> and I'm sure for like Europeans who have watched it, that's like iconic for them. And it's funny because I actually, speaking of Bruce Willow again, I saw him reference it in one of his videos and that's the song uh-huh. he sings. Whereas for our American version, we have the song, stand on your own. There's no retreat. There's no surrender. <laughs> yeah, Which is actually, you can, the song is available on Apple Music. Uh, or, really? Yeah. You, so I have it on my phone, like a legit version of it. Uh, it's on one of my many action movie workout playlists. Yeah. But okay, so I digress a little bit. So this film, first of all, one of the first big kind of shot in America, like America Hong Kong co-productions where it was 100% Hong Kong style action. Corey Yuen, right? Corey Yuen's mm-hmm. directing it. Uh, the performances by everyone in this movie are great. Obviously, I have my bias, our sensei, yes. Peter Sugarfoot Cunningham. It was his first uh, big acting role. Uh, he plays Frank Peters. Uh, we've got other great individuals like Dale Jaco- uh, Dale Jacoby, uh, mm-hmm. who I've become friends with over the years now, Sensei Dale, who's a very inspirational dude. Uh, anybody who's not following him on social media should be. Uh, obviously, Kurt McKenney's great in there. Jean-Claude yep. Van Damme's first big major role. We have all these incredible Hong Kong-style fight sequences. Uh, it's like we said, we're like, man, imagine if Van Damme had done a whole career of Hong Kong-style choreography uh, I mean, we we love the iconic Van Damme movies from the late 80s, early 90s. But if he could have just done more Hong Kong style choreography when he was in his prime, uh, that would have been great. And just overall, the film is another time capsule. It, 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 it definitely captures that feeling of the 80s. So there's that nostalgia feeling. This is another one that took me forever to find as a kid. And I finally found it on VHS. Of all places, my local video store where my, uh-huh. my, my mom lived, the small town we lived there, where we literally just had, you know, the, the town was called Rippin. So the video store was called Rippin Video. And one mm-hmm. day it's just there. And I was like, well, I've been, you know, I've been coming here forever. I know your guys entire like, you know, collection. Obviously, it's a much smaller store. I'm like, where did this come from? And I guess somebody just had it forever and finally returned it. You know, probably forgot uh-huh. they even had it and then <laughs> yes. brought it back. So I was like, I wonder you know, what their late fees were like back then. Yes. $150. Yeah. Who knows? And so and yes, I will admit it right now. Uh, we had a double VCR at that time. So before, if you wanted to copy a VHS tape, you had to hook up one VCR to another VCR, play it on the TV. Then as soon as it started playing, you put a blank tape in the second VCR and started recording. Well, when my mom went back to grad school, she had to copy a bunch of tapes like, you know, for research and stuff. Once again, kind of beginning of the Internet era. So she bought a double VCR that was built in and did that on its own. So, Mm -hmm. yes, I definitely copied this film and had a, a copy of it at my house. But since then, I have now purchased the legitimate Blu-ray. So I feel like that makes up for it. But love the film. The fight scenes are stellar. Once again, the the plot is just awesome, cheesy 80s uh, coolness. You know, Mm -hmm. like it's up there with like The Last Dragon with just being 
so iconic to its era. Yeah. Because uh, once again, the plot deals with a, a kid who's a karate student and gets bullied and then begs for the ghost of Bruce Lee to come train him. And guess what? Bruce Lee does. And then at the same yep. time, we're also fighting against communism because it was that era too, 1986, where uh, the Cold War was still bumping. And so it's also got that hell yeah, America feel, <laughs> uh, which once again, a product of its era. So I love it. I can go back and watch it anytime. This one, though, is a little bit different. I pretty much, I, I like to actually just sit and watch this movie. I don't like to just put it on, you know, and have it as background noise. I prefer to yeah. watch it all the way through. So that's my number two. No retreat, no surrender. 1986. Uh, my number one. Yes. Is, it's definitely a classic film, but unlike other films helmed by this director, there, I can step away from it. Not that I want to. When it's on, this is what I would call like a Saturday afternoon movie. It's on. I've got my got my food ready and I'm enjoying the whole thing. But I can step away from it. And it is Shanghai Express. Ooh, like which is your the shirt. shirt I'm wearing I know. today. Oh, man, I wish I would have saved it for your number one. That would have been like, oh. For people, I know, I, I, when what? I saw that, I'm like, wait a minute. Are, is our number one going to be the same film? Because I had a feeling your number one was No Retreat, No Surrender 2. Uh, but we'll wait and see how that pans out. Interesting. But, so, uh, yeah, I'm wearing a Samuel Hung t-shirt, which is a shot of him, an iconic shot from uh, Millionaire's Express, a.k.a. Shanghai Express. I mean, it's it's... It's a perfect film when it comes to comfort, adventure, fun, laughter, uh, stunts. You can turn away at any moment. Each moment is it's, it's basically kind of shot uh, like a throwback film. So each moment is like uh, you, even your even your comedy sequences are like Three Stooges or uh, or uh, Laurel and Hardy. So you 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 can watch these. Diff- you can watch everything in segments, and of course you've got. Almost every action star from the era. Not just action star. It's a who's who of who was a Hong Kong star of that time. It's like, you know, comparable to like, yeah. it's a mad, 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 mad world, right? Yeah, uh, it's, or something it's, like that. It's it's an ensemble piece. Yes, you have your stars. but And it's not just the Golden Harvest troupe. There's a bunch of Shaw Brothers actors that yep. are in there, too. It's anybody and everybody. Literally, the only person who's not in there pretty much is Jackie Chan. Yeah. And Donnie Yen. But Donnie Yen wasn't a huge star yet. He had only it, done, it was, it was yeah. like just pre on the cusp of Donnie Yen. And, and I think, you know, they could have, you could see which role Jackie would have had. And that role would have been expanded a little bit. Or maybe mm-hmm. Yumbia would have been bumped to to a side role. But I mean, I'm, it kind of is perfect that he wasn't in it. Yeah. It, it just, the movie works. It's all the comedians, all the martial arts stars, all the action stars, all your international stars, almost all of them. Uh, are in this film and it is one heck of a fun ride. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. It's like, it, it is a throwback to the great train robbery movies, uh, Buster Keaton all the way through the kickboxing Kung Fu era of martial art Hong Kong film. So it's absolutely enjoyable, total comfort, total popcorn, uh, I mean, it's it's perfect. Yeah, I agree. And that's an amazing number one choice. Some of the greatest fight scenes ever. Uh, the fight scene was between Sammo and UNBL is incredible. The finale is one of the best finales ever. Mm-hmm. UNBL versus Dick Way. I mean, come on. Yeah. So good. So good. Uh, okay. I think that's an excellent number one. My number one, once again, I've talked about this film. I've talked about this actor. Uh, I, I don't know why, but when it comes to martial arts film, this is the key one where this trilogy of films I can put on. It literally stays right up next to my uh, uh, beautiful new TV. 
because I can just watch them all the time and never get tired of them. And now that I have my remastered Blu, and this is before I had the remastered Blu-rays, now that I can watch them in both the English language versions that were the only version available up until this release, and now the Japanese version, uh, and that is the Street Fighter trilogy. Oh, Sunny Chiba's The Street Fighter, Madness. Return of the Street Fighter, and The Street Fighter's Last Revenge. You, you, you threw me a curveball because I thought you were going to go with the uh, no treat, no surrender. Nope. But no, you went Street Fighter. Of course, of course, yeah. you went Street Fighter. It's just it's abs- it's absolutely perfect. It is it is a perfect comfort. You could pick any one of those three, and it's a perfect comfort movie film. Sunny Chiba is awesome. He's so charismatic and his performance in those movies is so good the martial arts sequences were so ahead of their time yes by the third one they get definitely hokey the whole thing gets kind of hokey still enjoy it uh pretty much you can ask me on a weekly basis if i've put one of them on and the answer is shamefully probably yes just earlier <laughs> this week i was re-watching okay. the street fighters last revenge because that one's very unique because since the the japanese pretty much the version we got here unlike the first two was heavily edited not that they cut stuff out they physically re-edited the film and dubbed it to a completely new plot so the sequence of scenes is different uh excuse me the order of the scenes is different they dubbed over a whole new plot this and that blah blah blah. so when you watch the japanese version you actually have to pick at the beginning of that one the japanese cut or the u.s cut and it's a whole different movie so that's always fun that's why i was re-examining that uh the first two though Martial arts wise, you just get a ton of action. You get a ton of amazing choreography. If I want one just to put on because I want to watch a crap ton of action, I put on number two because that mm-hmm. one's like start to finish a bunch of great sequences. Uh, yes, some over the top stuff. But if I, as I also said, some groundbreaking action that they did in those films. Uh, these are the kind that I can sit and watch. I can walk away. Sometimes like the other day when I got home from training, I was so exhausted. I just lied down in bed and put that on. <laughs> and I just wanted something to watch. And I'm like, yeah, this is a badass. And I love Sonny Chiba. Once again, huge uh, preference on my end. He's one of my all-time favorites. Uh, I, I love kind of the unique aesthetic of it. They're almost, not exclusively, that's not right. But our, our main star and stuff, they're using Japanese martial arts, which I love to see too. Yeah. But also yeah. these films feature Chinese martial arts in a sense, and especially like uh, Sushiomi's character by the third one. You know, she's supposed mm-hmm. to be... Uh, like a Taiwanese agent or something. So mm-hmm. they have all sorts of different martial arts, but I just, I love these films. I can put them on any time. I have them all now on Blu-ray, easily accessible. Uh, I can either watch them in Japanese now, which adds a whole new element for me, something I, I'm not used to, or I just put on the English dubs so I can walk around and do other things. So I, I do want to say that listeners now realize that your top five comfort film list, volume one, seven films. Oh, well, but, yeah. but, but Eastern Condor, I'm not Eastern Condors, uh, Shanghai Express is like three films in one. This, this is so true. It's kind of, it's kind of, it's kind of the same here. Yeah. Uh, I agree. I, I, I guess I cheated a little bit, but no, but that's no, that's, that's not a cheat at all. That, that, yeah. that that's absolutely legitimate because they come as a box set and I think you can't really, um, so I am going to ask you a question unless you have some final thoughts on that film. No, really. I, I think I covered it all. Uh, but go ahead. So now that you've done this list is without going too far into it is there a film that you're like i could have included that oh 100 percent. i actually have the list uh, i've already started making ones for the next list <laughs> okay oh, i have a whole bunch uh 
Yeah, I mean, this, as I said, do, we're do, you, do, do, you, do you want to tease us with one? Uh, well, as I oh, said no. earlier, you mentioned Honor and Glory, and that will 100% be on my list because yeah. that was one that started even as a kid. I used to, once again, that was one of those VHS tapes I copied. Sorry. But yeah. in my defense, I've legitimately bought it through Prime now, so I own it on Prime because uh, it's no longer available for free on Prime. Uh, but Honor and Glory is yeah. what, I mean, that is a go-to one where I will put on any time. Uh, and I have some more documentaries. Good. I have some more classic Hong Kong movies. I also like my list because it was a combination of American, Hong Kong, Japanese, and then Hong Kong American co-production, Japanese American co-production. The, I the like video. it. You, you had a really nice list. And you've given me some stuff to like go back and rewatch because it's those are all great films. They're fun to watch. And I, 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 if anyone has, I call these, I know we call it a comfort. I mean, that's that's the, the term I came up with. But I used to, I used to like, set aside my Saturday, like late mornings, early afternoons as time to just watch, watch these martial art films. Hell yeah, man. Hell yeah. And I, I need to rewatch Millionaire's Express. It's been too long. Uh, but anyways, the only final closing thought I have is we would love to do, uh, and I think I maybe mentioned this at the beginning of the episode, like a, yeah. an AMA episode, ask me anything. Yeah. So in this case, AUA, ask us anything. Uh, we already have some questions that have come in from people. So yep. anybody listening? The best way, you can either message us on Twitter, which Gavin handles our Twitter. You can message us on Instagram. Once again, we are the Martial Arts Mania podcast on Instagram uh, there or on SoundCloud. You can on our oh, on yeah, this, that's true. Uh, track, go ahead and uh, ask a question on there or message us on there. You know, I, I handle all of that. And on Facebook, you can uh, hit us up on Facebook. But probably the best way, Instagram, yeah, the Martial Arts Mania podcast. The Martial Arts Mania Podcast. It'll have me, AJ. Uh, Twitter, which we are, the Martial Arts Mania Podcast. Podcast. So please feel free to uh, send questions our way. And once we have enough to uh, compile to do a whole episode, we'd love to do that. Sounds great. I'm looking forward to hearing the questions. Yes, as am I. Say what? Stump us. Yes, stump us, please. Uh, Well, no, because that's kind of you don't want to do like random trivia questions. You you, like, you know, but if you want, sure. Maybe if you have a legitimate question like, hey, why was no, 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 you know. Yeah, that's true. By the way, uh, one of the greatest trailers from our respective comfort food is uh, Forced Vengeance because the very final, you know, the announcers, you know, the the voice artist is doing, you know, Chuck Norris, Uh you know, Forced Vengeance. The very final thing is he drops his hat. And it's a still shot where he's about to hit the guy in the in you know, in the family jewels, and the uh, voiceover announcer goes, "Uh oh, <laughs> I need to rewatch that one." Yeah, rewatch that trailer. Okay, I'm gonna do that as soon, as, <laughs> probably this <laughs> afternoon. But anyways, yeah. great discussion, my man. You, uh, likewise, looking forward to the next one, and we will talk soon. Sounds good. All right, take care. Bye, everybody. Bye.